everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Engage to Flourish podcast. I'm your host, Damon, and I have my co-hosts, Brett and Kyle, with me. And we'd like to introduce a very special guest. You probably heard about her a little bit on our recent episodes, so we'd like to welcome Brittany Harada. Welcome, Britt. Hey, thanks for having me. We had to kind of twist Brett's arm a little bit to get you on, but we are really excited to have you on today to talk about God's design for us. What's the matter, Brett? You a little nervous what she might say? No, I just might be a little more quiet this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Just like at home, huh? (laughs) We were also told that we could uh, mute Brett if Brittany starts talking trash on him, and that way he doesn't get a response. (laughs) That's fine with me. (laughs) So we are uh, in our last episode in our Created and Called series, and I think it's been really cool how each of the uh, sermons and the episodes have gone because each of the speakers have actually started with creation and how things were created to be. So we went with gender, we went with marriage, we went with family, and how God had originally intended things to be at creation, you know, and it was very different than I was expecting it to go because originally on kind of on the list, I was thinking, oh, okay, we're going to talk about gender. We're going to talk about marriage. People are going to go directly to the law or, you know, what does the Bible have to say about this and why we should do it or why we should, shouldn't do it. But a lot of things were really rooted in how God had originally created things to be. And so I really appreciated that. So it really felt like we were really sticking to the script with the created and called series and looking at how we were created. And so I thought that was, I really appreciated that. So this is going to be our last episode, kind of tying into God's design for us as people. And so as I was prepping, the word that kept coming to mind was the word hijacked. And so that's something that I feel like has really been, um, kind of highlighted recently to me is that just the different ways that our design, our purpose in being has been hijacked. So I wanted to throw that out to everybody else. What do you guys think about that as we get started on this episode? I want to hear from Brett first. All right. (laughs) Um, I would agree. I think it's interesting to be at a place where we are in society today. And I've talked to my parents uh, quite a bit, just asking them um, here and there, like, did you guys have to deal with this or certain things? And most of the answers are no. Or my dad's like, I feel sorry for you because you're going to have to deal with it in, in the um, time of your life where you're an adult and you're having to make decisions and you're having to choose things for your family or do different things. And so um, I think I, I recognize a little bit that, um, yeah, just how much the world has changed and even I think in the span of of the time that I've been adult and had to make choices, I've seen how um, faith or um, being a Christian and and just just even, I think, down to just morals and values have been uh, like compromised or or they try to bend kind of like the rules or the line of of what is what you used to think as moral or obviously moral or okay. And now it's like making you question it. And I think it's good to question it to a degree, but then also if it, it, it causes people to stumble or um, like you said, it hijacks those things that we used to be so um, founded on, then it makes it where, uh, yeah, the world can be more chaotic. There's just crazier things going on. And um, I wouldn't say it's scary, but it, it, it can be scary to see how dark or 
bad the world can be, the depths to where sin or the enemy has a hold of certain things. It's been pretty eye-opening to me that um, when you stray that far away or when things get hijacked that far, it, it goes to a, a not good place. How's that, Kyle? Dude, off the dome, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's impressive. How about you, Britt? I think it's really interesting because, I mean, Brett's saying that it's not scary, but I think I think it is really mm-hmm. scary. Like, just there are so many things that are more allowed, I feel. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just in in the line of work that I do, like, in nursing, I see so many crazy things just, like, that you would hope that you would never that would never happen to anybody that you know but it just happens because there's so much unrest whether it be political or emotional but even like mental health wise like mm-hmm. people are just going crazy because there's so much that's just allowed these days yeah and then when you think of the hijack word with all the other topics in this series like uh, gender has been hijacked marriage family mm. and all those things have been hijacked and you know, today's topic is ourselves, like our own view of ourselves has been hijacked. So, mm. yeah, I, I see it as it's really, I think that's a really good word to focus on because it's really about how really Satan's job is to just mess up God's plan. Mm. And God has a, a, a purpose and really a great design for all those different topics that we've kind of covered in this series yet you know, these, we see our society just trying to tear those apart. So maybe you could go a little further with that, Damon. Yeah, so <clears throat> one of the things that I've, I've been thinking about a lot lately is how different parts of our language have been hijacked as well. Mm-hmm. And so even just some of the words that we use, I mean, recently was International Women's Day, and I saw that the, now some of the schools are actually spelling the word women with an X, so it's mm. W-O-M-X-N. And I was like, wow, why are they doing that? But it's supposed to be something that's more inclusive or something along those lines. But just how our language has been changed and hijacked and words don't mean the same that they used to and different symbols and signs and things like that. Like even if we think of, you know, the rainbow nowadays, if we think about the rainbow today, we might think of things like pride and LGBTQ community and things like that. But originally what the rainbow was supposed (laughs) to be was a, a symbol of God's promise for us. Right. And so even just how some of these terms have been hijacked. And so one of the ones that's been really coming to mind recently is uh, actually found in Romans. And so I'm sure a lot of people have heard the verse for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Right. And so when I heard that verse originally, it was used to to me to the word glory actually was replaced with like expectations or God's demands or God's rules or God's laws. So it it, the way that it was explained was more like we've all fallen short of God's expectations or God's rules or God's law. And so that's why we need Jesus because otherwise we're going to have to pay the consequences ourselves. But, and, and really the context of that verse, a lot of the other verses in that uh, section talk about that, mm-hmm. about how we fall short of God's rules or expectations or, um, you know, his purity and things like that. But I was wondering, why does he say in this verse, we've fallen short of God's glory? What does that even mean? What does it mean for us to fall short of God's glory? And so as we've been going through the series of Created and Called, what I've been sensing is we were created to experience God's glory and we're missing out on it. So it's not a negative thing like, oh, 
we're not good enough. We're not measuring up. But it's more, God had something glorious for us to experience, and we're not able to experience it because of sin. Because of sin, we're not experiencing this. And so I was kind of thinking through this whole thing about glory, and I was thinking, okay, in light of Pastor Sam's message where he was talking about we're supposed to have this super intimate relationship with the Lord and sin broke that, what was it supposed to look like for us to experience God's glory? And so two people came to mind. One was Moses, because when he went up on the mountain, it says that he encountered God face to face. And the other was Jesus when he went up on the mountain at the transfiguration and he encountered God face to face. And in both examples, what happened to them? They came down and they were glowing, like light was emanating off of them. They said for Moses, they had him put on a veil because they couldn't look at him because he was just so bright, like this brightness was coming off of him. And it was like, what if that's how we were supposed to live? What if we were created for that, to be so intimate with the Lord that we're just like glowing, everybody's glowing. And you know, you could see it in people, you know, have a good day and it just seems like, oh, is there something about them? Their countenance is glowing. But for that to be their experience every day and all the time, and that's what we were created for. It's like, oh, that would be pretty cool. Mm. So what if that's what's been hijacked from us is that we were exposed, we were created to experience this glory and to live out this glory and to spread this glory to the whole earth. And we're missing out on that. Yeah, I thought earlier you were mentioning uh, before we started recording that you asked the question, were Adam and Eve glowing before the fall? I was like, oh, maybe, because they had the full representation of God. They were in his true image. Were they glowing? And then after the fall, they weren't anymore. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting way, something to think about. Um, I, I do think that when you give those two examples, I don't know that they saw God face to face, but they were in his presence because you know nobody can see God and actually live. Yeah. But but they were fully in His presence, and be, just even from that, just being in His presence, they had that glow. So I mean, that's even only a, a small representation too. But yeah, no, I think that's really uh, an interesting thought of how we were actually intended to to live out on the earth. Well, and it is. I mean, if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then shouldn't we have that same opportunity to have that experience? Maybe not glow. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> things have changed these days. But also, I think we do have that opportunity to be in his presence. Mm. And whether that be, I mean, I don't, I don't know that it would include going up on a mountain <laughs> necessarily. Mm. But I mean, it could, right? Because if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then we do have that opportunity. And I think that's really where the Jesus part comes in, right? Is that we need Jesus now for us to be able to come into that relationship. Because pre-Jesus, right, it was only here and there that people would be able to come into God's presence in that way. Uh, and it was very selective, right? But now through Jesus, he's put his spirit back in us. And then now we're able to experience that every day. So that is an opportunity for us now to be able to, through God's redemption project with Jesus, be able to experience what we were created for in the beginning. I mean, I, I, I've seen it in people, maybe Brett, you can comment on this too, but I've seen it in people where, yeah, you, you can tell people have had like an intimate encounter with the Lord and their their disposition, their behavior. I mean, everything is just gets shifted and changed and it might last a certain amount of time or it might just be like ongoing, but there's something about encountering the Lord in a personal way that even if we're not, like you said, Brett, we're not glowing, there's that, we still have that opportunity to really be transformed in a, in a powerful way. I would agree. I, I think 
there's people you come in contact with where there's almost like this contagious mm. spirit where you can just, there's something that's beyond like, it's almost like not tangible where you can like put your finger on it, but point like, oh no, they there's just either their aura or their presence or um, just something that's upon them that you're like, no, th- there's something different or you just feel it or I'm sure that's God moving um, in their spirit and, and speaking to your spirit or um, just highlighting them to you. And, and it's definitely something that's recognizable. And, and sometimes even in that time, you just feel like it was right or it felt so good. But um, I think sometimes that's the Lord um, just having his hand over things that uh, we may not be able to physically see with our eyes, but um, we can sense in, in a deeper way. Yeah, I mean, I can see that that that's uh... <laughs> so we're, we're pointing fingers like who's going next. So I just I felt like I had to jump in to save Britt because thank you, Kyle. was throwing him under the throwing her under the bus. I wasn't throwing her under the bus. I was hoping that she'd be able to, she would have something that she wanted to respond with, but the look on her face was kind of like, like there was some fear uh... going on. <laughs> but I I think that's actually a, a good example of hijacking too because I think really we get bombarded with, oh, we got to keep our faith personal. We got to keep it to ourselves. We, we're we not good enough. We're not strong enough. But like when God transforms you and there's something in your spirit, like like Brett was just, just describing, when you go interact with the world, people see something different. And that's actually a way that God intended us. He intended us to be like light. Yeah, and I think that's something that we'll explore a little bit in the future because we have an upcoming series uh, this I think it's in the summertime where we're talking about yeah. relational evangelism. Yeah. Yeah. And I think really that's part of the direction that we want to go as a church in terms of helping people to recognize the transformations that God has done in them and allowing that to come out so that other people can see it. And evangelizing in our relationships as opposed to, you know, a lot of times when we think of evangelism, we think of someone standing on the street corner and, and kind of preachy. But really, what does evangelism look like? in a relational context. And some of it is just that, just allowing God to transform us on the inside and then letting that come out. Mm-hmm. And, and <clears throat> another topic I, th- I wanted to bring up was uh, when Pastor Sam brought up the godly or holy discontent. Okay, so I want to throw a disclaimer in there too, because yesterday he said <laughs> that he came up with that and he made up that term, but I was pretty sure that I'd heard that before. And Bill Hybels actually wrote a book in 2007 called Holy Discontent. So Although set I, him straight, set him straight, Damon. I just want to make sure that people that are listening or following along our church are not thinking that we're stealing someone else's content and claiming it as ours. So, <laughs> yes, Bill Hybels did write a book called <laughs> Holy Discontent in 2007, and so Pastor Sam might have heard it, and and but yes, there were people have been talking about this a little bit in the past. So it's it's tied in with First Timothy six six, uh, godliness with contentment is great gain. Um, and then NLT, it's uh, yet true godliness with contentment is great wealth. Um, that that verse has actually meant something to me for quite a while because I, I do feel like there's, um, there is an unhealthy pull on us in our society to, ha- to be discontent, mm-hmm. to be discontented, um, you know, with marketing, with things that, there's always something better. There's always something that you can do to improve yourself, that you can do to just get more happiness, more whatever. But I, I do think there's that. Um, it's intriguing to think of godliness with contentment um, is great gain. Actually, I remember when we had our, our mini churches, so our small groups way back when we started, we called them mini churches. But I remember actually 
challenging my mini church with that verse. And it was the thought of be content without being content. So be content yet still long for more of God, yet not in a way that it's like a striving. But if you're if you if you're fully content, then you're just gonna be like like either apathetic or you're you're just gonna you're just gonna dry up too. So there's still that I think that God wants us to have that desire for more of Him, but it's a it's a contentment in the worldly sense that we're not trying to f- we're not trying to find what He wants to put inside us through those kind of things. So I thought I'd just throw that out to you guys. Anybody want to jump on that one? So I think what comes to mind as you're talking about that is kind of our desires have been hijacked and are out of alignment, mm-hmm. right? So I feel like as you're talking, what God is saying is that He wants us to our desires to be in alignment. So our first desire should be for him. And then as we are seeking after him, are finding fulfillment in him, then our contentment in these other things actually gets raised. So we can be more content with the other things because they're not trying to fill a hole that they were never meant to fill. And so we're, the enemy's trying to make us so discontent with those other things that then we place that on God. And then we're not searching. So the, the phrase that comes to mind is we're searching for the right things, but we're searching for them all in the wrong places, right? We're trying to find that glory that we were made for, but we're trying to find it in our, our production or the, thi- the things of this world when really we're supposed to look for God for that. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes our desires and the ways that we're going about trying to fulfill those desires have been hijacked from us. And now we're trying to fill them in the wrong places. That, that reminds me, Pastor Sam even said, like, he, he came up with the hunger principle. Like, mm-hmm. when we're, when we haven't eaten in a long time, we're not, we're not feeling guilty after we're feeling hungry. And so, if you're trying to fulfill that hunger with, I don't know, happiness or something else, it's, it's not going to fulfill it because you're looking for the wrong resolve essentially Mm -hmm. and so i think a lot of times the enemy or we i think we don't give the enemy enough credit on how sneaky he is Mm -hmm. too like i've noticed in my own life that there are so many little things that he just just jabs at me at the side but Mm -hmm. i don't even recognize it to be Mm -hmm. something that the enemy is using it's something that like oh is wrong with me and so i've i've noticed that i've had to spend so much more time um being grounded in who God has called me to be and and what he, who he says I am so that the enemy doesn't have a chance to to use those little things to try to mm. distract or destroy me. And I want to give a shameless plug to our behind enemy lines segment because that's <laughs> that's one of the reasons that we we came up with that segment is just to highlight and point out just some of the ways that the enemy can really be strategic in what he's doing and how he's trying to manipulate us or hijack things because sometimes it things just seem so natural that we're not aware that this is something the enemy is actually trying to do to take us out of God's plan or God's design I, for I us. I think you need to play our little music. <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh, turn the volume up. Oh. Yeah, that that would be good, right? Here, let's try again. There we go. Cause that no, because that actually reminds me of I was uh, listening to Tim Keller this morning uh, on a podcast. He was talking about satisfaction, and he brought up an interesting point. I, I think this is kind of like that behind the li- uh, enemy lines uh, thought is we are often 
trying to find our satisfaction in our, our marriage, our job, or other things, but those things are, are going to let us down at some point. There's going to be disappointment. There's going to be frustration. And then that's going to lead to dissatisfaction. But when we um, love God more than those things, then it actually allows us to love um, experience those things in, a, in the way they were intended to be. Mm-hmm. And so it's just really, it's kind of like what you were talking about, Damon, like just reordering. He gets us, gets things out of, out of order and God, God needs to be first and God needs to be the, the first. And then, so his, his, uh, his analogy was, um, <clears throat> I, I love my wife better or more when I love God more. So if I love God more than my wife, I'm going to love her more. And he said, <laughs> my, my wife knows when my quiet times are well, when my prayer life is good, cause it's going to flow down to her. But when those things aren't going well, she knows. And mm-hmm. so I was like, Ooh, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, I will be, I just wrote that down in my, my phone. Um, I, Good. <laughs> I, I appreciated the point that you brought up Kyle in, in saying there's this wanting to be content without being content. Um, I think I'm all about that tension, right. In a lot of areas. And I think that's a fine line where how do you be content without being content? Like in, in a certain ways it doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. but there has to be this, like you said, wanting more, this idea of um, because of what I'm experiencing and because of who I know God to be and where I'm at, I want more of that. Mm-hmm. But also having the the perspective and mind frame to be fully present in what he is doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know I've wrestled with that a lot. And so um, just that, that pull to want to do better or want to have more, but not falling too far where then now it becomes like a performance or it's like a, what have you done for me lately mindset? Right. But then also not being too content where you're just like, well, I don't really care about anything then, or I I don't want to step into anything that requires an extra amount of faith or that seems a little bit risky or scary. And so um, it's a tricky place to be in, but I think when we can align ourselves well, um, God really, reveals himself through that because you're able to experience what he is doing and, and to be able to stand on that. Mm -hmm. And it, it only compels and convicts you to step into more of what he has. And I think the more is like the open doors and, um, the us wanting to see more of God, see bigger things happen, more of his provision and, and all of those things. And so, um, it's been a big wrestle for me, but I think I've been able in the past couple of years to experience some of that. And it's been um, really cool to, um, yeah, see that and experience it that because at sometimes it, it feels hard to be in that place. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think when we're talking about order, when we're aligned and we're more in step with the order that God has and wants for us, um, it could be hard and, and scary or there's a lot of unknowns, but you see so much goodness come from it and um, it's something that you can also stand on and, and hope for. Okay, so as you guys are talking, uh, like I said, language has been something that's been on my mind a lot recently. And I'm getting a little confused because we keep talking about uh, being content without being content. So I'm wondering if I'm hearing you correctly, what it sounds like you guys are saying is we should we, we want to be content but we don't want to settle. Yes. Yeah. Right. So it's it. 
there's a difference between settling for something and and true contentment. Right. And I think I think it plays out in <clears throat> it's it's your motivation for doing things. Mm-hmm. So it's not you're not doing it to strive or for whatever other fleshly type things. It's but it's like when it's the Lord leading you to go do it, you're content to do whatever he wants to do. And so then you're um it's not that you're doing it to strive, you're doing it because you're actually pursuing him. And that but that only comes when you're not content in sat and um yeah, settling for your relationship staying where it's at. Mm-hmm. Because there's always more that God's revealing that he can either reveal to you or do through you. Um so I think yeah, it I, I think you said it well, Brett. There is a it's a tension. Yeah, and I think you did a good job too of actually clarifying because it, it's hard to describe, but it's kind of like we've seen in a lot of areas of our faith, there's tension between not even opposite things, but just things that pull you in a little different direction. And I think we we actually have to get better at being um, in those places. Yeah, and I think we have to, kind of like Brett has mentioned in previous episodes, be comfortable in the tension, right? Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of us are so uncomfortable in tension, we try to get rid of it yeah, as right. fast as we can. So we live you know, on one side or the other, instead of trying to wrestle with what does it look like for me to hold tightly to both sides and live in that tension. Which that can be like the settling, the the, the unhealthy contentment, because mm-hmm. it's like uh, I can get rid of that tension if I'm just content in an unhealthy way where I just, I don't, I don't care. I'm not going to pursue anything. Yeah. <laughs> Brett's nodding a lot, so I think he's got something working in his dome. It's, it's going to come out. Well... I mean, I don't know how far we want to dive into it, but um, I, I think one thing that kind of relates that I wanted to bring up when, we're, when we were talking about calling, um, I used to wrestle with calling and, and it feel like you have like one calling that just guides your whole life, right? Like there's people that know exactly what they want to do and they just full steam ahead, go after it. There's other people you hear where they're like, oh, God told me to do this. And so, you know, that's what I decided to do. And, you know, I don't discount any of those stories. And I I mean, more power to them and and praise God if they've been able to be obedient and and follow God in exactly what they wanted to do. But I think what gets lost for some people is it doesn't always end up like that in just like one shot, right? Like there's a lot of different seasons of calling Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of different, stints of calling where yeah that may not be your quote-unquote like end goal calling but part of that being um content but still wanting more is like maybe for this season what is god calling you to do Mm -hmm. and then through that season um you know he may mold you or grow you or stretch you in certain ways for the next area he's calling you to or different things. And, and I, I really wrestled with like, what am I supposed to do? I'm really big on purpose. And so I struggled for years. Like I feel like I'm not getting anything in what my calling is. We are learning about at church where these are all these aspects. So how come I don't, I don't see a burning bush telling me you're supposed to do this, or I don't have like any miracles that are like, okay, you're supposed to go do this, or this is your calling or, when I'm in school, I'm not super like, I know this is what I want to do. And I, I had to realize that I think God was, God, and still is, because I'm still not fully sure, but I think he's been um, growing me in a way that leads me in, okay, well, 
just in this short span, my, my season of being a student, God, what are you calling me? Like, are you calling me to be a student or am I supposed to be doing something else? No, I feel like he was calling me. I, you need to finish. Okay. I need to finish. Okay. You know, like in work, okay. I'm calling you to do this and you need to learn and grow and do this. Okay. So for me, it's been, um, a journey of a lot of like almost like smaller callings mm. just to give uh, off the top of my head. I don't, I can't give it a, a more clever name, <laughs> but, um, you know, like just like not even like missions, but short seasons of I'm calling you to do this and seeing like if I'm obedient or willing to step into that. And then from there it's like, okay, well that wasn't like my career for the rest of my life, but okay, now I'm calling you to do this. And in each step, I think some of them were easier to step in and into and others were a lot more difficult, but through that, um, it feels like I'm being pulled in different ways or like, how come I'm, I don't have a singular quote unquote calling, but if I take a step back and look at it as a whole, it's like God, that God's calling for me is to just follow him. Right. Mm. And so if he's calling me to follow him in this and then follow him in this, it seems like it's different, but really it's just one calling because it's like, Hey, follow me. Mm. If I turn left, are you going to turn left? If I turn right, are you going to turn right? If I'm going to go down, are you going to go right? And I think I, I wrestled with that for a long time and I was not okay with that. And that's probably because I was getting hijacked by the world that I felt like it was supposed to be one way mm-hmm. and my path didn't follow that way. And so when I hear calling, it can still be a wrestle because there's parts of me that want to hope that it would just be laid out and it would be easy for me to just go. But, um, you know, I've been able to f- take more steps and to follow God in different areas. And I, I just want to encourage whoever that feels like they're stuck or like my, how come I don't have a clear calling? Like maybe break it down to a shorter period where you can see how God is working in the more immediate. And then that might open a door for another thing that God's calling you. And it just continues to grow and grow. And pretty soon you look back and you see like, wow, like from where I am now and to, and from where I've come, God has called me, in, in, a, in a big journey and, and um, it's something that you can stand on. And then, like you said, I think it, it helps spur you on to want more mm. when you see that your obedience and your following in all of these areas have, has led to, you no know, God's actually doing a, a good thing, a big thing in you. And so mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you guys have experienced it that same way, but um, when I heard calling, I, I just wanted to really encourage mm-hmm. a lot of those people that feel stuck because for a long time I felt stuck and, um, I'm still working and going through it. And um, yeah, I hope that we can all experience that in some way that, that there is that more that there might be a long-term calling. There might be more of a shorter term that you don't necessarily feel like, okay, that's, that doesn't equate to like, I heard, you know, this pastor saying they're calling, they're supposed to go to the middle East. It's like, well, my calling was like, I need to go back to school. <laughs> like it, it doesn't seem like it weighs out the same, but right. um yeah, God, I think, doesn't judge you by by the weight of the world would in, in like, what you're going to or what you're following. Yeah, sorry, I, sorry, that was a long ramble. That's good. I think, I think two things get highlighted to me from what you were sharing, Brett, is the enemy uses comparison mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. to get us to stumble and, and <clears throat> not step into our calling or get discouraged from pursuing because our paths are different. Um and I just forgot the second one. It just <laughs> slipped my mind. Um, oh, I, I know. It was uh, being short-sighted. 
Mm. I think sometimes we, like you were describing, like, yeah, the steps might look like they're in, inconsequential, but really if you can't take this little small step, it's not going to, you're not going to be able to get the one that's three or four, you know, from now. Mm. And so it's about obedience. It's about, um, really seeing the big picture. And I think with our society too, everything's happening so fast. And so we're, we're instant gratification where we want instant results there. You're a millionaire by 25 or 30 or whatever. And, and then there's these, these unrealistic expectations or standards. So I think the comparison and then just our fast paced society really set us up for dis- disappointment, discouragement. And when we're trying to pursue uh, God's calling. I thought, I thought, uh, okay, so I got, I got to tee up, tee it up for Brittany here. So you were sharing earlier about like how you kind of came across your, um, your calling and for just your vocation for actually where you're at right now. And it wasn't like an aha moment or, or like you knew it, you knew, 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 knew it, but you just kind of took some steps and then it seemed like things opened up. So maybe you could share that a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, so I am an ICU nurse. Uh, I, Save lives every day. <laughs> uh, not exactly. I only work three days a week. <laughs> no, but I think um, God was really gracious in giving me a passion for nursing. Like I didn't, I kind of just chose it in high school. I was like, I'm good at science, so maybe. So I just chose it. And um, as I began pursuing it, like I started to really see like, oh, God has given me this, like, because I, I was made for this in a way. And so like to Brett's point, like there are certain people that like, you know, God is really gracious in and giving a passion for. And so I, I feel very lucky to have experienced that. And then um, to also walk with Brett on through his journey of trying to figure it out. And, and I just want to commend him to like being able to see all of the steps that he's taken to be faithful. Um, and that's not to short anybody that, you know, God has given us mm-hmm. a specific passion for, cause I think I followed a, a lot of steps too. And I was trying to be obedient as well. But, um, I think in those seasons where you really don't know, um, especially, uh, being able to walk with Brett, God, God was really faithful to him and to now see him like thrive in the, the different responsibilities he's taken on. It's been really cool. And so, I mean, let's keep it humble. He still doesn't fully know but (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's been really really cool to see how God has been you know faithful to allow him to experience all of these things now and and to to really thrive in in his jobs and all of the different hats that he wears yeah I like how Brett has to wear so many different hats he always says he's (laughs) he's the jack the jack of all trades right so yeah that's uh one definition we'll we'll keep it with (laughs) (laughs) that's the pg version (laughs) um but one thing that uh as you guys were talking about in terms of uh some of the shorter term versus some of the longer term i think for each person we have our natural bend right so for me i'm more of a big big picture person and some other people might be you know more in the in the moment thinking about what's the next step. And so I think sometimes we can naturally uh, bend in those directions. And what sometimes we need to do to recognize what God is doing is to look at from the other perspective, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So for me, Mm -hmm. I might see something big picture, but God is telling me, no, I want you to focus on what am I doing? What's the next step that I want you to take? And not just how do we get to the finish line, but how do we get to, you know, mile one? How do we get... 
I'm a runner. I'm a marathon. So <laughs> my mind works like that sometimes. But yeah, not not just how to get to the finish line, but how do I get, you know, what do I need to do? Do I need to, you know, take this step? Do I need to go make this turn? Do I need to go here? Kind of like Brett was talking about. So I think for each one of us, sometimes we just need to take a step back and say, is there something I'm missing here? Should I look at it from a different perspective? Mm. If, if I'm the person that is always looking at what's the next step, do I need to see where where are we heading? Where are we going? And I think even with that, it's it highlights that we need community, right? Because some, sometimes God will reveal that, and he, he often does, but sometimes it's like, well, you need to go ask other people. You know, you need to go explore, like somebody that sees things different than you and ask for their perspective, people that are older, wiser. Um, I mean, I, I'll just, I'll share my, my personal journey too, because I think it's, it's helpful for people to hear journeys. And I, I felt, uh, I don't know if I'd say a calling into the business world, but I, I felt like I, I kind of like you, Brett, I, I, I did well with math and numbers and accounting and I felt I am very logical. So I, I fit in with a lot of that stuff and I had a family business and it seemed like it fit well. But then as I was there for a while, I also felt like a discontent. There was, it's, um, I don't know. I'm not sure how to describe it, but in the for-profit world, like being about profit, it was, it was hard because I, I, I agreed with it and I saw how to, how to do it. But yet there was a part of me that was like, um, not that everything's greedy when it's for profit, but there was like that, that, uh, the longing for more, the greed, there's a tension there. Mm. And I, and I, I struggled with that. And, um, you know, led to, you know, a lot, a lot of different things I've experienced, but now that I'm here at Catalyst, I've seen that I'm able to use things I learned and experienced in the business world to help our church. So I've, I, I don't know what's, what's the next step. <clears throat> I don't know if it's here for longer or, or this is you now priming me for something else, but kind of like going back to what you were saying, Brett, there's, there's different seasons and different steps. And I feel like I'm being obedient and, because I was obedient in the previous season, even though it was hard and it was a struggle, I still was molded and shaped, and I God used me to now be in this in this situation and be um, be a benefit to to the church. I think also too, Kyle. What made me me think of this next thing is like God is really. I mean, He's just so good because He uses our obedience to also benefit us. It's not just a benefit to Him, but He in each of those steps that we take in obedience towards him, like he gives us, he equips us with, with different skills, how to make decisions, um, just different things that we'll need for future seasons. And I think that is just so gracious of God to, as much as it's benefiting him and us being obedient, like it also ultimately benefits us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it just brings to mind, you know, that God works all things together for those, for the good of those that love him, right? And so God is using each of these different things, even if we might experience them as negative, but he's in the big picture, he's also using them for our good. Yeah, when you were, de- when you were describing that, I've, I've seen that, in, it, it's, it's said in d- different parts of scripture that things with God are circular. Mm. They kind of, like he either calls us to step out, but then when we do, it blesses him, but then it also it, it, it goes back the other way. And I think that's really, it's a really um, powerful dynamic when you're able to recognize it and step into that because it takes a, a level of trust and it takes 
um, obedience and those kind of things. But then when you do see like you're not doing it for what you're getting, but you're doing it to be obedient. And then when he gives it back to you, it's like, oh, wow, he is such a good God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that leads in, Brittany, into what you were, we were talking about a little bit last night that I feel like you brought up um, a really cool point when it comes to uh, God's calling and just how, like, it may not always look like how how we want it, but when you do, you said something about it feeling like liberating or something like that. I want to hear about yeah. this. Yeah. Do do expand. Well, I, I told you guys a little bit when we were prepping, but but, but, but the, I audience, think, the audience didn't hear. Come on. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I think. I mean, in my own experience, um, as I have experienced so much life, um, there's there's something that's really really cool about God um, giving you different responsibilities and different seasons and so um you know as I am a sister and as I've become a wife and you know all of the different responsibilities and roles that I'll take on in the future um there are certain like a a certain set of expectations I think that we all kind of when we step into those roles we expect to fulfill and so just in the last like two years of marriage at least for Brett and I I've I have experienced um, that as I pursue Christ more, like those expectations um, kind of fall away and you get to step more into who God actually created and called you to be. And so like it, it is very liberating because you don't have to fulfill this list of things that you think this role mm-hmm. is supposed to to have for you. And, and all of a sudden it becomes like, no, what does God want me to do in this role? Um and I think not only is that, again, beneficial for us because it's liberating, but it also is more of a blessing and, and we're, we get to be more obedient to Christ. Um, and again, it's cyclical. Like mm-hmm. as, as we are obedient to Christ, he just gives and gives and gives more to us. I think it's, it's kind of funny because probably even some of those responsibilities or roles you, you probably end up doing the ones that are kind of <laughs> almost expected, but they come yeah. from a different place that it is still liberating, mm-hmm. right? Definitely. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's one of the, the tricks that the enemy uses to, I know you've heard this term a lot today, hijack <laughs> us, right? But it's by changing the feel of things, right? So instead of doing things because this is who we are, we're doing it because this is what's expected of us or this is so that we can fulfill our checklist and, and things like that. So then because we're experiencing it in that way, then it becomes a burden as opposed to coming out as a joy. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's something that, you know, as we continue to experience and try to seek after who God created and called us to be is that he wants us to experience these things for our good and for our joy and that we can live out of who he created us to be, which will bless him and it will bless us. So thanks, Brittany. Thanks for coming on and, and sharing this awesome conversation with us and sharing your journey. Thanks. And, and Damon didn't have to hit the mute button. Good job, Brett. <laughs> yeah, we uh, stayed off the topic of marriage, so I think, <laughs> I think we're safe for, for this episode. Well, I thought I, I thought I was going to have to hit the mute when he started talking about conversations they were having last night. We were trying to keep it PG, right? So. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, Damon, come on. <laughs> so until next time, may you experience God's heart for you to flourish in every season.
Thanks for listening to the Engage to Flourish podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and encourage you to subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify so that you don't miss any new content. You can also check out our sister podcast, Catalyst Stories, available on multiple platforms as well. We would also love for you to check out our church. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at Stanford Middle School in Long Beach.